Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't call the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 fancy pint. Suit you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. Afternoon, everybody. How are we doing? It is uh, Sunday, a very, very uh, cold, cold Sunday, my God. Uh, but we're warm. I hope you are too. Matt Steadman's here. Hello, he's, Cameron uh, Smith. Welcome to the afternoon, dear Triple R listener. He's got the warm glow happening. It's uh, Yeah, it's kind of nice. And uh, I don't know what you're doing today, but thank you for spending, well, maybe a full hour with us, maybe just a little bit uh, mm. as you go to do other more exciting things. A big thanks to the scientists. Yes. Big thanks to Tim Thorpe looking through his phone at the moment, <laughs> going through the messages from admirers, no doubt. Still responding to this morning's correspondence. Yes, that's it. Clearing it all up. He, take, he, he takes every text very seriously. He does. He does indeed, and that's uh, that's what makes him. Um, today on the show, yes, uh, we have uh, Uber Chef, uh, force of nature, yep, um, and great human being. Yep, uh, Joe Barrett is uh, is joining us. We're hoping to get her on in the studio. I even tried to entice her with some Casanata. Uh, Portuguese tarts, but it was all for now. It was all for now. No, she's off to Dark Mofo to cook, and I said, "Of course you are." So she's somewhere between here, uh, Tullamarine, and 
you know, Tasmania. Who knows where she is? We're going to yeah, check in with her and find we're out. We're going to find out. We will find out. Uh, we will be going and uh, visiting John at the market and uh, finding out what's what. And, and uh, isn't that topical at the moment? I saw my first $12 iceberg lettuce during the week. I'm not. I'm not using lettuce in anything I'm cooking the next no. week. I'm happy to. No. Happy to confirm. That's, uh, and which is exactly the way it should be. I think you know, flow yeah. around the rock. Yeah. Um, one of the things we've banged on about on this station and on this show together over the years is you. You just got to you know make do and uh, find something else mm-hmm. and hopefully have enough technique. Because mm-hmm. it's always about learning new techniques, I reckon. But coleslaw is valid. Yes. I think. Come of the hour. Come of the slaw. Come of the cabbage. The cabbage will get itself off the interchange bench right onto the field. Oh, I was thinking more like an Andrew Lloyd Webber production where the, you know. <laughs> the understudy. Andrew, what was it, Wardlow <laughs> or whoever it is, has got laryngitis. <laughs> Step forward, Cabbage. This You're on. This is the on. moment you've been waiting for, Cabbage. Yeah. Oh, wow. Makeup. <laughs> oh, the bright lights. Uh, yes, this could be the bright light time for that. Uh, yeah, we do go to market and we um, we have a chat there. And um, something for me in this mm. town, one of the greatest singular pleasures, mm. just a thing, you know, um, I was silly enough to use the city slickers analogy. Mm-hmm. Movie with Billy Crystal. Mm. Remember Jack Palance? Yeah, you got a fresh Emmy too, you <laughs> bastard. Okay, well he was he was the guy. He was the cowboy looking after the city slickers. Mm. And you'll hear this in the interview, and because he, he says, "You got to have one thing, one thing, and you got to do it well." Well, these guys mm. um, down there in Thornbury make the best Portuguese tarts in the free world. Well, certainly would, in the Southern Hemisphere. I would agree with you. I, I reckon about a year ago, it would have been the depths of COVID. You came in here very excited going, all right, <laughs> the, world, the world's awful. But, man, <laughs> I've got these tarts. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, Cam, I'll be Yeah, tart. whatever. Um, and they were bloody delicious. Weren't they? Uh, and so you're speaking, of course, of Casanata. Yes. The store. I think there's a couple of stores now they have. There are two. There's one in Windsor and the original one in Thornbury. And you go, oh, yeah, Portuguese tarts. I've had them there, all right. Yeah. And then you have these, and it's like flying business class. You never want to go back. No, you can you can never have another one. It's like going to the, the hot chicken project and having fried chicken. Yes. You can never have fried chicken again anywhere else. <laughs> um, now, let's see. I did find a saint for today, which is, uh, is, is great. Uh, so today is the feast day of St. Barnabas. St. Barnabas? Yeah, the patron saint of farmers. I, th- like, I reckon there's more than one. I'm sure we've had farmers come up before and it wasn't Barnabas. Yeah? You're at St. Harry or I think they're, like they're doubling up. There's been a slip-up in admin and they've yeah. allocated the, the, the St. portfolios. All right. Quick, let's get St. Petersburg Square <laughs> on the line now. Can we speak to El Papa? But, look, big up uh, the farmers out there. I was having a very interesting time uh, with... With everything, with this very cold weather, with uh, everything, cost of everything shooting through the roof. And the prospect, Matt Steadman, mm. of another year of uh, La Nina. I did see that, yes. Yeah, I mean, it sort of means a cooler winter maybe down here in the south. And maybe and, not. And even so. in Queensland, it's been uh, very, very cool this week. Uh, sort of Melbourne-style temperatures. So I, I, know, I know weather isn't climate, I know. Yes. Um, but, yeah, changes are coming. 
Change it. Well, maybe not. Mm. That it could be a continuation of the same yeah. for uh, for the next year, which is a bit of a worry. Uh, skiers are rejoicing because they really are. Yes, yeah. There's a good meter of snow up on Buller. Yep. And I was hoping to get Nick Anthony on the on the line from uh, Masons in Bendigo. Yes, because I'm going to be heading up there soon. But he said nah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't argue with nah. Too busy. It was very emphatic. I'm taking the kids. We're going. Uh, we're going to the to the hills to go skiing. Uh, but you'll be happy to know, Matt, mm. that this week, uh, June 11th, yeah, starting now, uh, till the 18th, is Dairy Goat Awareness Week. Who comes up with these? So if you were not aware of dairy goats, uh, this is the week where you... Be aware. Start Googling. It's a thing. (laughs) Really? Who doesn't know that you can't get milk from a goat? I don't know. Anyway, well, (laughs) they've got their work cut out for them up there. Yeah. It's somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere, I would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the meantime... Uh, Joe Barrett's going to come on. She's going to have a chat about, uh, no doubt, Dark Mofo because yep. she's going off there to cook. Yep. To which I replied, of course you are, um, because, you know, it's the coolest, tippest thing to do. Yes. So, yeah, she's in the thick of that. We'll find out what that entails. I think she's cooking mutton birds, mm-hmm. which is degree of difficulty. That's like about an 8.7 because <laughs> it's a, it's a bird that tastes like cod liver oil. Oh, okay. Yeah, challenging. Uh, yes, but um, uh, also to let you know, just just maybe, just to maybe give you a little bit of a heads up, that um, our eastern cousins in East Gippsland are having um, they're having a. Oh, we were looking at this before the show. It looks pretty cool. The East Gippsland Winter Festival is on, and there's a whole bunch of um, bits and pieces um, on there, and I'm. Going to head up to Gippsland next week, which mm. I'm very much looking forward to, um, especially a couple of restaurants, one sardine in Painesville, mm-hmm. uh, Briggsy's Place, and also friend of the show, Nick Maluk. Yes. Who I haven't seen in ages, no. not since COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's up in Lakes Entrance and a restaurant I've been dying to get to, mm. a soda fish, which is right on the, the wharf mm-hmm. there at Lakes Entrance, so... Face it, folks. I mean, most of the fish that we get in uh, in Melbourne now comes from Lakes Entrance. Mm-hmm. The Victorian fish, anyway. We can't commercially fish in the bay anymore. No. Uh, so yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that. And I think there'll probably be an interview with Nick at some stage. Looking forward to that mm-hmm. too. So, uh, what do you think? Shall we move on? Why not? Okay. It is twelve eleven here. It's Sunday. It is. Definitely winter. It is definitely a great day to get the pot out and uh, and get a soup on. Mm-hmm. And maybe we might ask, hey, could, we, could you remind me, um, Joe Barrett, if you were going to pull out a pot, what's in your soup pot? Mm-hmm. What's that in your mouth type thing? <laughs> sure. We haven't done that for a while. Uh, yes. Let's get Joe on the line. <laughs> That's right. Triple R. Hi, I'm Gordon Ramsay. Welcome to 3 Triple R. I'm with Cameron, and please listen to Eat It, otherwise you are going to be in big trouble.
12.12 here at The Trip, The Cold Trip, um, and uh, someone who is also going to be making a bit of a cold trip soon is Joe Barrett. Hello. Oh, that's working well. Oh, that's not good. Okay, plugged in there, plugged <laughs> in there. Going to do a take two on that. Joe Barrett, you there? Hello, how yeah. are you? Beautiful. Just that had uh, dongle problems, so you didn't get you <laughs> plugged in properly. Um, how are you doing? I'm great. I've just been toasting six kilos of seeds for Dark Mofo. Six kilos? <laughs> six kilos. How long does six get? Do you do it all? You can't do it all in one batch. That'd be crazy. Do- no, I'm so lucky. I've got two ovens on the go and saucepans everywhere and frying pans. Wow. What are you, uh, <laughs> and, and what are you, what seeds are you frying up or toasting? Um, I've got some pepitas and some sunflower seeds and some sesame seeds, and it's all to go with some mutton bird. Yeah, well, uh, I was uh, saying, I don't know if you were listening before, um, that you were going down to. Dark Mofo, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about that. But you had uh, picked Mutton Bird, and I was saying, yeah, degree of difficulty is like about an 8.2 to make them, <laughs> make them palatable. Especially uh, cooking them over coal. with the, It's got a really high fat content, so it could be a big smoke fest. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, my God, your cloves are going to smell of Mutton Bird. Wow. <laughs> Okay, well, there's, there's good stuff to look forward to. Um, this is your first Dark Mofo? It is, yeah. I haven't been before, but I'm really excited because I think I've always been kind of a celebrate summer person, but ever since getting into growing food, um, yep. I love all seasons now, and especially winter. So really looking forward to you know getting down to Hobart and celebrating everything pagan. It sounds, yeah, exactly. It sounds like such a, such a good thing. And it'd be great to uh, have like-minded individuals around you um, because, yeah, over here it's um, it's an awesome crowd that it attracts. Yeah, really creative. Some, and, um, good humans. Yeah, and good food. It's all um, like the guys next to us who've, um, from Mona, they're cooking venison. Oh, wow. Well. It's really exciting. They're all kind of alternative proteins, which... Yes. I, I can't wait to try. Oh, that sounds good. Because, uh, yeah, ven- and venison's another hard one, isn't it, really? Cause I feel there's... like everyone's just biting off more than they can chew this year. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, well, you know, that's that thing, just, you know, uh, swim like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I don't know if we've gave, uh, we haven't given a proper introduction for you, Joe. So uh, maybe just for those that haven't heard your name or who is Joe Barrett, uh, where might I have seen him before? Um, I might go back to Oak Ridge days uh, mm-hmm. where you guys, uh, you and Matt Stone, pioneered uh, the, the garden that was there and were cooking beautiful, beautiful food. Uh, but maybe fill in the gaps before then. What were you doing before? before then? Yeah, before then, I can't even think back that far. But, and, and you know, um... I know you do. You did. You did some pretty crazy um, uh, cooking competitions. You've always been into that. Yeah, stint well, I, in I, Canada. Uh, I trained as a chef. I mean, I always wanted to be a chef, so I did my apprenticeship at a high school at DeLacy's mm-hmm. um, in this in Melbourne, and. I had been open for 22 years, and then my first year, I loved it. We had a little bistro downstairs and fine dining restaurant up, up 
upstairs. There's only three or four chefs in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then the year that I did my apprenticeship, it closed. <laughs> oh. But I was like... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. It wasn't because of me, though. No, well, I hope not. You didn't set it on fire or anything, did you? <laughs> no, it was, um, just had come to an end. But it was just... a beautiful restaurant. But I, it kind of gave me the nudge to... I moved to Canada and studied in Canada, um, which was an amazing experience. And then I stayed there for about nine months and finished my apprenticeship and came back and decided I wanted in Calgary. Calgary, the home of the Calgary Stampede. (laughs) It was was so fun. At the foot of the Rockies. Mm, So I'd snowboard on my weekends and cooked in a French restaurant during the week. Yes. And then, yeah, came back and I was really interested in front of house and, you know, I worked at such a – we had foie gras and – you know, really high in French ingredients and came back to Melbourne and that wasn't really around. And mm. then I had gotten into wine and did a bit of front of house and then um, Movida was really kicking off at the time. So I applied there and I probably handed my resume in about 10 times before I got even just to work there for free. Really? <laughs> I, before Frank decided to get you in there? Yeah, and the day I remember one day I kept emailing and then I walked in there and it was all probably six foot five guys. Yes. And at the time I was like 19 and five foot nothing. <laughs> and um, I was really lucky I started working there, wow. um, which led to then moving on to Movita Bakery. And I travelled a bit in between there and decided to study baking and patisserie. And my God, and the uh, yes, I remember the laminated pastries that you used to do at at Oak Ridge. So yeah, you're a little bit like Iggy Pop, you know, five, <laughs> five foot one. But don't underestimate me, baby. Yeah, I mean, I've been really lucky to work with some incredibly talented people who are quite generous with sharing their knowledge. So hmm. yeah, I got to make heaps of pastry and bread, and you know, Michael James was an integral part to, I guess, getting to know. Uh, like introducing me and making me aware of what I was feeling inside about cooking, you know, real using amazing ingredients and um, that became, I guess, what the rest of my career has become, like really produce-driven cooking and, and making everything from scratch. Yeah, and Bloody technique hell. and skill. And, and then I met Yoast and Matt, so. Yes, and uh, and did the future food uh, things. Now, we have spoken a lot about the little house by the Yarra, uh, the little mm. house that could, and um, and you shocked me and said that, yep, yeah, it's, uh, it's being dismantled uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, this week. Wow. Coming down, it's got some really exciting plans. And, you know, the whole time with Yosti, it's been the same. This is just the beginning of kind of that movement of future food system and urban food and localised food system. So it's not nothing to be sad about, although there's been a lot of memories. and Great memories, know, yeah. So and there is a little bit of sadness, but it's not it's not too sad because it's just the beginning. Is there a public announcement as to where it's gone, going? Is that, um, is that yeah. Okay, really so that, that's, that's yeah. you know, he's, he holds all the cards in... Uh, in that deck, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's for sure. Um, you've been living on or spending a lot of time uh, to on a beautiful island to the south of us that most Australians haven't visited, an unspoiled wilderness, and 
you've certainly been digging that. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing down there. Yeah, so at the start of the year, after we decided to um, kind of stop doing the dinners at Future Food System, I went down to Flinders Island. So it's just off the east coast of Tasmania, a part of Tasmania. It's on the same latitude as King Island, Turn but left. double the size. Yeah. Yeah. And then same population, so you can be there and not really see too many people. Yes. Um, and I went down for three months but ended up being there for about five. And I just dig it. It's so beautiful. Um, so it's closed the season at the moment. So during winter it gets a bit quieter. Um, but I'm helping um, Joe Yule um, start a bit of a larder um, with her restaurant there, which is on Island Times. So it's a group of accommodation and a restaurant. Yes. And you can go there and we're just trying to utilise a lot of local produce for people who come to the island. They can have access to as soon as they get there. It's really small. So it's only one supermarket and if you arrive on a Sunday, it's closed. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, love, I love that idea. I, um, I met um, a, a mutual friends of ours, uh, Kath Claringbold and Darren Purchase from mm. Birch and Purchase. Um, the great confectioners, if that's a word. Uh, and, uh, oh, my God, they just looked so relaxed. And they said, we, we want to move there. We, we, we had to reassess our whole life uh, while being yeah. there because they're just going, this is just great. Yeah, the idea that supermarkets shut. Well, it has that effect you, on everyone. You can't, you have a you can't moment shop. Of reflection. Yes. Yeah, and your phone doesn't work part of the time but you'll be on a beach and you're only one there and you actually have time just to relax because you can't go and to necessarily there's not many cafes there there's a pub a tavern and a supermarket and the post office and you can't just do a, a, a youtube session no so no. It's, it's beautiful and yeah. it's one of those kind of raw untouched wilderness you know just like tassie but it's on steroids so I've, and there's no public transport and, you know, it, there's just not many places like that left on earth. So I've really enjoyed going down there and I'll continue to go down there every couple of months and kind of split my time between the two. And forage and hunt and stuff. Yeah, you were telling me the other day that um, you were after some a trevally or something and it was so big that you, um, you somehow caught it, might have been spearfishing, and it was dragging you along like a water skier. Yeah, it was a flathead. It's one of those places you go fishing and you actually catch fish. <laughs> wow. God, even I can catch fish. That sounds good. Hey, uh, we were, uh, Matt and I were talking about the, the empty pot um, and if we could uh, have a soup in, um, in a magic, uh, magic pot, what sort of soup would you put in there on a, on a cold day like this? Oh, you know, I've been making, this week I made a massive pot of um, minestrone. Yum. I just I love dicing all the vegetables up and yes. I love all the textures and yeah, hundred percent minestrone. Do you have parmesan rinds you can whack in there? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. A really beautiful chicken broth, not yeah. vegetable though. Yes, <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. Well, um, Joe, um, I've been trying to entice you with these Casanata bloody. Tarts for I don't know how long now. It goes back to future food systems when oh, we yeah. were sort of knocking around there. Um, if I if I promise you uh, in the next month or so, months or soon, uh, we'd need to get you to come on in. Oh, definitely. I mean, after Dark Mofo, I'm back. 
Yeah, back, good. Baby. <laughs> yes, he's back. That's cool. And uh, yeah, I got to meet the boys from uh, from there, and they're lovely. And there's uh, an interview with them a little bit later. So come oh, back. Have um, have some Portuguese tarts. Tell us about Dark Mofo because um, quite interested in that. Um, yeah. Sounds really, really, really good. Uh, and we will let you go. What time's you? What time are you getting out of here? Oh, uh, head off in the, yeah, pretty soon. Okay. Well, thanks for taking the time to have a chat with us. Uh, May your minestrone simmer and just get better and better. (laughs) And uh, we can't wait to see you again soon. Thanks, Cam. Speak to you soon. Beautiful. Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7. Hey, psst. You want to buy some warm lettuce? No. I can do you a good deal. No. I no want, really? I want a hot plate of pasta. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and, this, and this brings us to this thing of that we flow around the rock, you know. Why don't we get hung up on letters? John, good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. It's good to see you. Mm-hmm. You're a wizard, mate. I'm sure you've been called many other things, but... Never a wizard. Yeah, you, you stood out here and said, hey, look, the sun's out, but... And then it's gone. You greyies coming through, but life's grand. I don't know. I'm standing bleak. I'm here eating your food, Mm. which is beautiful. A borak from the girls. Spinach and cheese. From the the fabulous women. Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. When they come out of that oven and the cheese is still melting and it warms your hands... And a bit of crunch on the um, oh, a bit of crunch bread. It's a perfect thing. Mm. I mean, it, it's one of those things where you look and you go, I don't know how you improve on that. And Melburnians have certain, certainly thought that because we were just talking before we came on air um, in that the Barek women um, have topped the uh, the Bratwurst King. Yes. It probably happened a couple of years ago, actually. Yeah, well, you can't improve on something that they've been doing for hundreds of years. Um, yeah. You know, and as for lettuce, well, yeah. little, little Stephen across the road's got them $12. People are buying them. I heard that someone's cutting them in half like they do in England and selling half a lettuce. Yeah, Never wow. heard of it here in Australia, but... Well, uh, um, extraordinary times call for extraordinary measures. Me, uh, I sort of go flow around the rock. Um, cabbage is good. Yeah, well, the major uh, food chains are using cabbage and lettuce in their burgers. Yeah, and what and about, have you got those mignonettes at yeah, the front store? Yeah, today we only had, or this week we only had green oak and red oak. Yeah. And they're a, a sizeable uh, lettuce as well. We were selling, that was my bit, thank you. Oh, sorry, man. Don't touch on my food. Hey, oh, wow, you don't share, <laughs> do you? Oh, you see that? Um, hey. Yeah, so <laughs> th- oh, that's what I like to eat more than the iceberg. The iceberg um, mm. can be a bit acidic for me, so yeah. I like the sweeter leaves. Um, and even though it is cold, we always have a little bit of a salad at the end of a meal just to clean the palate. Always? Yes. So, yep. You know, you can buy one of those, and if you do love the iceberg, twelve bucks, twelve bucks. What do you do? That's the way it is. You know, I keep saying to people, we've been spoiled a long, long time. Mm. How many people can really remember what a season of a vegetable is? Like we got corn fifty-two weeks of the year, but you know, we have them during summer out of Victoria from Cooper up the best place in the world. Mm. Uh, we get them out of New South Wales. We get them out of far north Queensland. Yes. The only corn available at the moment are out of Western Australia. 
Mm. Now, it's taken them a few years to get the recipe right, but at the moment, they're sending us brilliant corn. And we're lucky they sent two coloured corn. Across the Nullarbor. Yeah. Wow. But, you know, that's... Um, there's a few things that we've talked about over the years that we just wait for the season. Um, mangoes. Um, I mean, grapes. I only eat grapes at the, you know, the summertime. I would never buy those Washington things, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah, the ones yeah, from the yeah. Northern Hemisphere. But, the, again, I say to you is that there's, there's so much diversity in this market. I mean, you know, there's so much stuff that you can find alternatives. Oh, and definitely, even with the tomatoes, you know, people hang out um, from July till Christmas, they eat Murray Bridge and they're very, very happy with them. Yeah. And we're very blessed that normally there's so many of them that we can sell them similar price to what we sell during summer tomatoes. Mm. And then come Christmas, they're looking for that acid punch Yes. From the tomatoes, so they come and buy the Doncaster tomatoes. The, the green-shouldered tomatoes. Yeah, the green-shoulders yeah. one. Yeah. Some at the moment, they've got this greeny, purpley hue. Mm. Uh, and you cut them in half and they've got iridescent green seeds. And some of the customers love them. And I shudder and shiver when I when I see it. You know, I can't do it. Poor old John. His, uh, his uh, digestion won't take it. We uh, And... And you've even got even more today. Actually, I've got to compliment you on your display today. It looks really, really smart. It does. We're, yeah. we're blessed, as I said. Yeah. But green tomatoes, you've got... Yeah, we, we've got some beautiful green tomatoes that came out of Murray Bridge. Um, mm. they, this is the last of that crop, so they culled everything off the plants, pulled the plants out, they'll start again. But they've got other plants that are already starting to produce. Oh, OK, so, so that's why they... Yeah. But these, um, if you do them straight away, you can make a beautiful salsa verde or uh, do a Mexican style instead of having the... Um, I've got a mental block again. Uh, the one in the husk. What do you call them? Uh, the, the corn? No, no. The tom- tomatillos. Oh, 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 tomatillos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, or you can make an Italian pickle or an Aussie pickle, yeah. uh, which is like a chutney sort of thing. The Italian pickles, you do the whole tomatoes in slices. Tomatillos are amazing, but... It's just a shame that they haven't caught on enough that we've reached a critical mass that there's sort of Yeah, that there's available. an abundance of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, you don't um, see a lot of them. So, we, yeah, uh, when you see them, if you're happy to pay for them, you buy them. If not, you use a green tomato. Mm. You get a similar effect. Yep. If you're desperate, you use a can, you know, but it's not the same. No, um, no, no, it isn't. So, in, yeah, in we, we've been very, very lucky in that respect, but... You know, we got beans. I've been telling you for weeks they're going to go to thirty dollars. I got thirty-two dollars on them today. I believe closer to forty up on the corner. I need to sit down. Wow. Yeah. Well, trust me. At that price, I'm not making a lot of money. No. The grower not making any money probably because he's maybe got a, a, a tent or of his crop. So even if he jacks up the price to the sky, it's still never going to give him a good enough return. Jeez. For for the um, the amount of money that he needs to survive. Yeah, it's the growers that always take it in the neck, isn't yeah. it? Really. But um, Joey's doing a box Whoa. for this lady. Have a look at the colours in that camera. Oh, don't worry. I've already been admiring it. So you got Mignonette there. That looks beautiful. There's the Trevizzo uh, Radicchio. Actually, that's a uh, uh, Milanese gone wrong. Uh, it's Milanese grown, gone wrong. Yeah, it, it's the round variety, but it's grown elongated. Yeah. Now either it was squashed up. Or it's because of the weather, I really couldn't tell you. I must ask the boys, yeah, yeah. see if they know what causes it. And then, you know, we got the beautiful tops of the Dutch carrots, which even look appealing. Yes. But I wouldn't eat them. A lot of people make soup and 
pest stole out of it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was wondering if you'd grassy. be happy about that. <laughs> no, okay. it says, it's bitter. Yeah. But it's, anyway, it's not different a different strokes for different, different folks. Fruit. So we've always said yeah. that. Yeah. If it works for you, we won't knock it. Mm. And we got asparagus, tragic. It's not Australian, but it, they're fresh from Mexico. Yep. They come by air freight. Oh. I'm happy to sell them because I know they have a good reputation like our produce. Mm. And then a the beautiful red bullhorn. They are really vibrant. I won't go and touch them because they no, belong no. to a customer. Yeah. But they're really vibrant. We've changed the price down a little bit to $12 a kilo. Yeah. Some people still think that's a lot of money, but it's not because they're very, very thick capsicum, very juicy, very crunchy, very, very sweet. When you grill the them, is so sweet. Yeah, when you grill them or you yeah. stuff them the way we do, that yeah. sugar just comes out. Yeah. And the vitamin C in them, you really can't do anything better. You haven't told anybody this year, I don't think. We, uh, we've spoke about it many, many times. Just tell us, what is your preferred filling? The panko breadcrumbs. We panko. make our own. Yep. We push the pastadura through to colander. Mm. Anchovy and anchovy oils, parsley, garlic, crushed walnuts, sultanas or raisins. Yep. A um, little bit of cheese if you want, but sometimes that can make it a little bit too salty. Yep. A lot of good parsley yes. um, helps as well. Yeah. Stuff it in a capsicum. Or mint. Or mint, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Um, we're not mint people somehow. No, that's no, that's strange. more, that's, that's, that's further south around yeah. the Mediterranean. Um, and you stuff the crust of the bread in so mm. the stuff doesn't jump out. Mm. And you can either fry them in hot olive oil or you can even bake them because Franco reckons I'm getting two rounds so she bakes them and they still get a good result. <laughs> yes. You know? I've always baked them that way. Yeah. So right. there are, and, and there are many other fillings too. Um, we had a lot, a lot of young Chinese, they buy the green ones more than the red ones because right. they stuff them with pork meat and then do them in a hot pot or, um, you know, whatever. Oh, yes. And okay. Yeah. beautiful. The result that you get out of that mm. and even the sweetness comes out of the green ones as well. And but, you're also getting mega doses of vitamin C. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yep. Yep. And, and a lot of people like my mum like to eat them raw. I don't like raw capsicum, but mm. she's got them growing in a garden as well. And actually she's got two or three yellow ones still on the bush now. So she'll walk past, pick them, have a feed while she's walking around the backyard. Oh, have a um, chump. Yeah, yes, okay. uh, you know, that's traditional European way of doing things. Yes. My uncle used to go out into the garden in the morning with a br- crusty bread and pick the broad beans. Him and his uh, little dog would be eating broad beans for breakfast, you know. Yes. So it's good for you as well because it's raw, it's fresh. Yes. And you know what, what it's been growing into. So, um, you know, they do that. It works. Um, uh, can I just look across here? Um, we we sort of fo- always focus, first of all, on the, on the veggies. Uh, over here, but I'm I'm noticing the passion fruit. They're still holding. Yeah, with, six with those for two bucks. Um, yeah, I was saying to a, a friend of mine who uh, has a pavlova business, oh. buy the passion fruit now and freeze it. Mm, definitely. Yeah. And mandos. You been eating much mandarins? Yeah, just a few. You know, all the different varieties as well. Mm. Um, I actually stole a couple of uh, navel oranges the other day, but. I haven't had time to eat them yet, so they'll be a little bit juicier because they're a week older. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still being hoeing into the beautiful apples and that. Yep. Um, so and the bananas still dime a dozen. They're two fifty and and less if they're riper. Let's do pick of the market. Pick of the market. Still good enough to have a coleslaw. I think it's not that bad. So make a nice coleslaw. 
uh, with their Savoy cabbage because they're nice and young and they're sweet. What do you mean? Do you think not getting too cold for coleslaw? Not, not too cold for coleslaw. Oh, I can eat coleslaw in the middle of July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. And nothing wrong with having uh, steamed cabbage with a little bit of tomato through it just to change the colour. Um, ooh, ooh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And last night we cooked the Royal Routine. We got uh, pasta fagioli soupy. Hey, the fagioli. And, and um, I had a salted ham hock, mm. which the boys do. Um, and she scored that, put it in the oven. Yeah, on the corner here, the Italian boys. Watson, yeah. is it Watson's? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he still brining them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and if he hasn't got one ready, tell him to do it for you and, and get it next week because uh, he'll do it and cryovac it so it doesn't spoil. I had one of those. Um, They're amazing. So she, the crackling came up a treat. Mm. And not a real lot of meat, but you get a lot of crackling and I, I have fun chewing on the bone. And mm. uh, we had beautiful rice potatoes and sweet potatoes and, Yum. yeah, the royal routine. So there are so many things that you can get out there and improvise. You don't have to have beans or peas that are really... Well, we haven't even got any peas, let, let alone looking at the price. And parsnips. Now's the time. We've got beautiful big parsnips from Tasmania. Now's the time here to make a, a parsnip puree if you want to go back to the 70s. Fritters. Yeah, fritters. We slice them thin and fry them like a crisp. Um, beautiful in the oven um, with the baked potatoes. I'm also seeing bananas for two fifty. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, that's what so I say before they dime a dozen. It's there are things that have been affected, but I'm going to take a, a little leaf out of your book and say, if you do come down to the market and if you pick the eyes out of the market, you can find yourself a feed that's you're not going to have to go and see the bank manager about. Well, that's right, and and a lot of the northern European um, people, if they crave something, that means they have a saying that the body wants it, so they mm. go and buy it and they eat it, even if it's just a little bit. Yep. And if you see that something jumps at you, when we go down a wholesale market, that's my biggest problem. I might say, look, I'm not going to buy too much, but I see something in front of me, I can smell it before I get there. I can see its vibrancy, I see it's fresh, I see it's the right size, mm. clean vegetables, clean fruit, whatever. I buy it, bring it back, sell it. My customers are happy, I'm happy. Everyone has a uh, feed. Yeah, well, um, again, compliments on the display today. It looks looks really beautiful. Everything in the tomatoes is just leaping out of the place. John, I'm sorry I couldn't make the sun stay. It may rain soon, but we still need water. Yeah, and don't talk to anybody about some hot lettuce. Because <laughs> it'll be soggy. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, well, all right, all the best. See ya. Triple R. 12.42 here on a wintry day. We're sort of keeping the energy low and sort of, you know, I don't know if you noticed it. It's like the temperature of your oven. It's low and slow today. Oh, low and slow. Just uh Brown things off nicely, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we do hope that you're enjoying the long weekend. If you are lucky enough to be not working on, uh, what is it, the birthday of uh, Queen Bess? It's her fake birthday. It's her fake birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see the thing with Paddington? Yeah. 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 Well, I was wondering what you kept in that the, bag. The Brits all loved it, but I don't know. I thought it was very cheesy, but anyway. Uh, well, you know. I guess so. But um, on to uh, the Portuguese. The yes. Portuguese have got passion, you know. 
They invented the fado, which is the beautiful songs of loneliness and despair. Mm. Uh, And when you're doing that, you need something to cheer you up, I guess. And one of the great things, you can cheer you up because it worked for you in the middle of COVID when they brought them around. Sure did. uh, Were the fabulous uh, Portuguese tarts. I mean, the best, the best you can get. And that didn't happen by accident. And we're going to find out how that journey started, the beginning, the middle, and the bit into the future. Let's go to Thornbury. Hello, Cam. How are you? I'm better now. Good afternoon, Cam. How are you, mate? I'm good, and I've just um, feasted on on one of your tarts, and I was saying to you that this is the first time I've had one with the, the filling was still warm inside. Usually, grab a pack, go, spread the love um, but those things are amazing when they just come out of the oven. Fresh out of the oven, very hard to beat, and that's what people will always say to us. When, once they come into the shop and they see it getting made, they, they will tell us that, that once they have a warm one, they can't generally go back to have a cold one or a room temperature <laughs> one, but it's a different experience. Yeah. I, I definitely prefer them a bit warmish, um, but some people do prefer room temperature also, but having one warm is definitely very different than a cold one. Yeah, especially with a little espresso. Let's start at the beginning, not for you guys, how you guys came together and made this decision to pursue doing the one thing. The, the Portuguese start has an, an interesting history in the fact that it was that we've got to find something to do with egg yolks because... The egg whites were used for starching cassocks or something like that. Is that sort of... Am I in the right area? Yeah, so the um, the nuns used to, I think it was, bleach their aprons with the, the whites mm. and they um, they had all these egg, egg yolks. So yeah. they started making desserts and that's, I think... Well, they say that's where the, the Portuguese tart came from, but there's also rumours that it came from... England somewhere, but I don't know. There's 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 a lot of different stories. I'm you know it's hard to to get the truth. We like the one about the nuns, so maybe stick to that one. Yeah, Yeah. we'll go with that one. And but I like the fact that the nuns were were sort of capitalists in the fact that they (laughs) were selling the uh, the tarts to a sugar refinery apparently, and then the sugar refinery went, hey, we're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Give us the recipe. And it's still open till today. It's still open today. I think it's over 150 years. Yeah, the most popular one, obviously, Belang in Portugal, and they're still going very strong. And that's um, a suburb of one of the main cities, is that right? Lisboa. So Lisbon, it's a suburb in in Lisbon. Um, And, yeah, so Belang, prestige the Belang. It's funny because people will come here and they say, can I please have a Pristel de Blaine? And it's like, no, you can't. You can have a Pristel de Nata, but you can't have a Pristel de Blaine because you can only get Pristel from that actual place. That's, that's generic like champagne. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what the Italians are trying to do with uh, Prosecco. Certain regions, yeah. yeah well, so let's define what is a perfect Portuguese tart for you. Just... For those that have never had a Portuguese tart in their life, how would you describe it to them? I would describe it as 
crunchy, so the pastry, when you bite into it, you would just hear this nice crunch. Yeah, not hard, but a crunch. Mm. And then you get that taste of sweet custard, but not overly sweet. The, cust- the, the pastry will balance out the sweetness, and then you just, they just marry well together. And then you, you start, your taste buds are just pondering on what is in this custard. What are these ingredients that we're using? You do get senses of, you know, if it's vanilla, if it's the cinnamon, or what it is. But you just start guessing, and then that's what you just pick apart. That's my perfect heart for me. They're confusing. Um, I feel like for me, the perfect tart is where you can't really figure out what it tastes like. So it's like this perfect balance between whatever it is, like Nelson said, if it's cinnamon, vanilla, they're all, you know, different places will will pick their kind of flavours to go with. Um, I find that owls are supposed to kind of confuse you a little bit. So you can't really figure out what it is. Um, Yeah, that's... Leave them guessing. Some of the guesses that we get, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Nutmeg. What we use in there. What yeah. we use in there. Yeah. yeah. The secret ingredients. Well, you know, that's, that's good. Well, if, you, if you're keeping people guessing and talking about the thing, well, you know. And not overly sweet so you can eat a second one. It's that balance of wanting more and being Moorish, and that's what these tarts are. You, you have one, you, and then you want more. So the, bit, the bitterness, the, the, you know, how you see the burnt caramelisation on top, that will help, that bitterness will help take off that sweetness from the custard. And the saltiness in the pastry will also kind of balance that all out. So you end up... That's why, you know, we get people asking, is it, is it, a, is it a sweet or is it a savoury? And it's like it's almost a bit of, a bit of both. It's sitting on the fence. How did you guys get together and how did you guys go? You know that one thing. Did you ever see City Slickers, by the way? City Slickers. No, anyway, it was it was a movie with Billy Crystal about some cowboys, but there was this guy, Jack Palance, who they were trying to find their way. What do we do in life? And Jack Palance said, you've got to find one thing. And you guys found that one thing. How did you get together and find the one thing? Well, I think we, um, we had a lot of friends who would travel to Portugal and would come back and say, where do we buy these Portuguese tarts from that we had overseas? There wasn't really anywhere that we could tell them to go that were, was the same as they had just experienced. Um, you know, we could, we could give, send them in the direction of, you know, a lady who makes them at home that we might know from just, you know, part of the community. So we felt like there was definitely a gap for... Uh, a shop dedicated to Portuguese tarts and that people would fall in love because they already loved the ones that were available. So we, we, we just found that there wasn't anything as authentic as the ones from overseas. And, you know, me, me and Nelson, you know, we went to Portuguese school together since kids, Saturday mornings. You've known each other since kids? Since kids, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's been a very good friendship and you know we've worked well together and that's obviously gotten us where we are today with two shops and striving for more I guess also doing the night markets now every Wednesday at the crematorium market just pushing for more. How did it get to the point of here you go you want six do you okay take that. So we, we went to Portugal. We, we learned how to make them over there. Somewhat learned how to make them over there. You know, it took a lot of practice to come back and actually get it right. Is uh, it the pastry that was the hardest? 
No, I think it was it was the the bake of both the the pastry and the custard. When the bake's done, they both need to be at a certain point. If the pastry's overdone, the, the custard might not quite be there yet. So it was trying to get the right consistency of both. So at the end of your bake, they're both where they need to be. So there was I wouldn't really say that one was trickier than the other. They were both they were both um, had their own um, you know. Are both quite hard to get right. Mm-hmm. And what year are we talking about when you guys getting it happening? 2017, went to Portugal, yes. came back, you know, started selling them out of out of my parents' house. Um, a lot of people would come and pick them up from there. My parents, we turned one of my parents' spare bedroom into a kitchen. Um, yeah, it was. Um, we put foil on the walls as a backsplash. <laughs> um, yeah. And what, what sort of ovens did you stick in your, this the spare room? We tried we tried three different deck ovens. Um, we just bought them on eBay, and none of them were hot enough. So I think within like two months, we'd gone through three different ovens until we we found. A What's spare. a deck oven? Sorry to a stop. Deck you. Is like a pizza deck oven, um, similar to that. Because um, you need around about five hundred degrees, don't you? Four to five hundred degrees. Um, and yeah, they, these things go in hot. They go in hot. If they don't go in, if they don't go in hot enough, you won't get that caramelisation on top. You won't get that that burnt kind of crispy on top. Um, they're just not the same without it. Um, they need to taste the part. They also need to look the part. Yep. So the oven is quite important. Yeah. And then, um, how'd you find this place? Well, me and Ruben, we both grew up around these kind of areas, around the northern suburbs, so we're quite familiar with High Street, with Northgate, with Thornbury, so we know this area really well. Um, we were looking at a few shops before we got this one. We were pretty close to actually getting some actually other ones. We missed out on before. a couple of shops. Yeah. We missed out on a couple of shops and we were devastated. Two, really? three. Yeah, two or three. But we're, we're actually glad that we missed out on them because we love this shop. Mm. This place is awesome um, because if you haven't been here, first of all, there's a fire happening and it's not in this place. We'll just let that go by. Here we go. This place, the beautiful exposed brick walls are really, really cool. Um, but exposed bricks, nice, um, it's, it's got a nice size. This place is perfect. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't like this when we first got it. It was definitely a big skeleton. It was. Um, it took a lot of hard work, and obviously, Ruben's sister's an architect. Also, she helped out with a bit of design work, and you know, it was our first shop that we've ever created. It's interesting this place. So I used to drive past this place to, towards Nelson's house. And I always would look into it, it was empty. And my brother-in-law's in real estate, a, uh, real estate agent. And I asked him if he could, if he could find out who the um, landlords were. And they're private, so they, he couldn't find, find out. Really? And we, you know, we'd seen another shop in the meantime in Brunswick. We missed out. We saw another shop up the road. We missed out. Any, anyway, there ended up being another shop just up the road from here, which I inquired about. And the agent actually said that he had another one coming on the market soon, which ended up being this shop. So, the minute we walked in, we're like, this is it. Uh, you can feel it. I can just see Nelson's just got this smile. <laughs> it's, all, it's very visual here. That's one yeah. thing that we love. Like, 
There's not many shops with double frontage on High Street around no. this area. Not at all. So. And, and, and the great thing also is you can't actually park out the front, so that probably works in our favour also. So people oh, just driving oh, past yeah, yeah. can just look in all the time. We see people all the time at the lights just the yeah, looking to the right and they see us and they're just wondering, oh, what are, what's everyone doing? And because we are very visual here. People yeah. love seeing that and that's one thing everyone will always comment on, just seeing everyone work, this, mm. the show, the theatre behind it. Everyone loves it. All right, last question. What's the traditional accompaniment with a Portuguese tart? A bica. A bica? A bica. So that is pretty much what oh. you just had. Oh, good. So <laughs> it, it's not a glass of port or fortified wine. That 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 does work also. Yeah. <laughs> Depending but, on what time of day it is, I would say. But, yeah, traditionally, vinho de porto or port wine. The, the cherry liqueur that we have. But mm. typically it's the espresso, So yeah. which which is called a, a bica in Lisboa. Yes. Uh, that's a short slang term for it. Yeah. They go hand in hand, really. Mm. And the the other thing was that Nelson, it was you and I that spoke yesterday, wasn't it, to tee all this up, and I was inferring that even though, you know, you're Portuguese, this is almost like a Japanese ethos in the way of, if we look at the Japanese, is about the relentless pursuit of perfection. You know, to hone something, whether it's the perfect peach or the perfect bowl of noodles. Um, but our manager is Japanese. She does fantastic job. There we go. Well, there it comes comes in. But but that is the thing. If we're going to define this, it's it is about the pursuit of a perfect tart. Have you ever thought of it in that way? You said it to me yesterday on the phone, and it definitely got me thinking about it. And yeah, I, I agree. Like we do one thing, and we want to do it well. And that's what that that's what that's how we're here now. You know what I mean? Like we've worked hard on it. It's, it's taken us years to get where we are, and yeah, it wasn't easy. Lots of trials and errors and stuff like that along the way. But we got there, and we're always just striving for the perfect heart for every customer. Yeah, well, you know, this is uh, one of Portugal's gifts to the world. And uh, if we go on that Japanese thing about uh, the Jesuits coming into uh, Japan early. Well, they gave uh, tempura uh, to the Japanese, and in a way, maybe there's something coming back. But may I congratulate you on an extraordinary product, and I'm seeing an extraordinary partnership here. Congratulations to you both, and may uh, may you sell and uh, make many, many more pe- people happy with your Portuguese tarts. Thank you so much, Cam. Much appreciated. Thank you, Cam. Nice to meet you, mate. Thank you. Clockwise. Thank yeah. you. Clockwise. <laughs> Did you hear that? Uh, that was Ruben and uh, Nelson down there in Thornbury. Interview Technique 101. <laughs> Say who you're interviewing. You think I'd get better at this? Yeah. You really do. Casa Nutter uh, is the name of the place Cameron Smith is also now led on uh, Chapel Street. Yeah, in, in Windsor. Windsor. Yes, uh, well worth uh, the visit. And if you get to try one warm, even, even, even better. Yeah. Uh, and also, just as a little aside, it was, um, I'm pretty sure as the Portuguese that not only did they uh, give the idea for tempura with the, the good old Jesuits. Mm. Give me a child until they're seven and we've got them forever. Um, that was their catchphrase. Uh, but also the very fact that I think they brought uh, egg tarts to uh, 
to the Japanese and Chinese. Oh. And look what they did with it. Oh. Uh, next week, Katarina, Rosemary Stanton, Duncan Butchanen, or Buchanan. Yes. Uh, looking forward to that. Man, thank you so much. Thank you, Ken. May your lettuces go down in price and stay warm, everyone. Yes, and may I prevail upon you to come back next week and help out with the show. Yes, I will do that. No, you but a guy. <laughs> Alex is up next. He uh, is. He's David G. After that, been in the tunes. So uh, there's uh, there's a little bit of enjoyment. Thanks for listening, folks. Let's uh, have a little bit of grooving with Mr. G. That's the song that we takes us out. See you next week. See you next week. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. <laughs>